in the comic books, Tony Stark introduced he has a plane that turns into a robot, and he calls it Stark Scream this week. <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, let's celebrate, Mike. We're going to celebrate Superhero Slate as we welcome James Gunn back to the Marvel family. Oh, welcome back, James. I don't know if I'm surprised or not yet. I'm, I've got to figure <laughs> this out later. Uh, mm-hmm. The official Avengers Endgame trailer Gives us goosebumps. Mm, as they have done in the past. Exactly. And we're seeing Shazam two weeks early. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Captain Sparkle Fingers, really, if you will. <laughs> and more. And more. Uh, and most importantly, uh, I guess celebrating, it also, it's your birthday today. Yes, It is you. like, indeed, the day we're recording, it's your birthday. So it's not like your birthday weekend or your birthday is on like a Tuesday and you're celebrating it early on the weekend. And um, so I'm glad you're here celebrating with us on the microphone. Oh, you know I wouldn't be anywhere else. Uh, I, I, I've got to say, um, you know, my birthday being on St. Patrick's Day is really fun. The owner of my company shares the same birthday as me. Um, so that's really a fun thing. Um, but I, I gotta give a shout to, I don't know if, uh, I know people do listen, uh, to this, but I had a, a, a little outing last night for my birthday. We went to mm-hmm. a place called Rec Bar, uh, here in, in town. And what that is, it's an arcade bar pretty much. Nice. And, uh, there's something for everyone in an arcade bar. Like you, uh, one of my friends, Jeremy, uh, who's going with me to C2E2 this weekend, he went and played pinball for the whole time he was there, uh, which I found that they have a versus pinball table. It's a flat top. Two people on each side, soccer rules. You're trying to get the pinball Ooh, on the other side. I love that. That was actually so, my favorite do, one. Are, is it still tilted like a pinball so it kind of peaks in the middle of the table? Yeah, the, yeah so so like you have a – like it's kind of like a – yeah, the, the middle is a top for both of us. And like it's down, but like you're, you're trying to throw it back to the other side as much as you have any like one little flipper on the other side that's like a defense kind of thing. It was really fun. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And then back to the other one, they had all these old working great games like the Simpsons arcade game, Tekken Tag – uh, I took my brother on an NFL blitz. Uh, we tied the first game, but the second one I smoked him like 34 <laughs> to 13, I think. Um, nice. Stuff like, you know, just like the good arcade games. Not not like the, you know, I'm not playing Tapper or Fix-It Felix anywhere in, in there. Like, they had some really good ones. Um, and they all worked, so that was a good time. So I want to thank people for coming out. But I also got to thank my wife, because this is show-related, Mike. Uh, she got me a photo op with... Uh, Scott Lang himself, Paul Rudd, this Friday at 2 p.m. Beautiful. Awesome. I'm guessing that's at C2E2. He's not just like coming to your house at 2 p.m., right? Yeah, yeah. So at C2E2, uh, he only was going to do Saturday ones, and it sold out the same day I told her I wanted Mm. one. They opened up Friday, and she actually got one right out the gate for me. And uh, so I got to go see him at 2 o'clock on Friday this week, me and Paul Rudd. So I'm going to add that to my Stan Lee collection. Um, And uh, I'm going to talk about why it's important for me to see him. Uh, because of the new trailer that came out this week as well. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really fun. So other than that, I mean, thank you for the birthday wishes. Thank you for everyone who came out, for your listing and, and all this other fun stuff. I, I, St. Patrick's Day birthday, and I'm still the luckiest guy in the world, Mike. That's that's how I'm going to I'm gonna Aww, spin that. so sweet. I know, right? I'm going to get a little emotional on the mic here. 
But uh, <laughs> other than that, really didn't do a whole lot this weekend. <laughs> um, pretty pretty relaxing overall. It's, uh, I think I installed a TV mount for my wife's TV in her office because she wanted that. But uh, well, you gotta flex those. Uh, you gotta flex those uh, man muscles. Yeah. So you got you know you're getting older every year. You're decaying a little bit more. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> so you gotta make sure you still got your wits about you. I can still mount a TV. Yeah, I can do that. And I'm also. I mean, you know this. I'm. I'm re-encoding videos as we speak for my arcade, my personal arcade system. So, um, just a sharp just a really, up here. <laughs> yeah, really, just to bring you back down to uh, an inner child. So. Yeah, pretty much. Mike, I haven't heard from you all weekend. What have you been doing? I've been busy. Uh, uh, top of the list here, things I want to shout out: uh, Love, Death, and Robots, mm-hmm. a Netflix original, an anthology, mostly animated series. Uh, created by Tim Miller, uh, as you know out there, the director of the first Deadpool movie. Uh, it's also executive produced by David Fincher, but I don't know how much he's actually involved. Like, I watched the credits of a lot of these anthology things to kind of see which studios made it, who directed kind of each individual one. And David Fincher is usually relegated to the executive producer slide of the credits, so he just kind of might be involved, maybe just for, like, clout and name only. But still, that's really cool. So these are 18 animated shorts. How, how long uh, are they? Because I know it was 18. I'm like, that's a lot to take in, but I don't so, think they're very long, right? So they, they totally range. Uh, they range anywhere from like, I think maybe the longest one is no more than 20 minutes. Okay. And there's ones that are as short as five minutes. So you'll really just be able to like pop in and out, you know, watch a couple here. Like I, I love this anthology series just as a practicality means like if my if we're ready to like head out, my wife is doing her makeup, I'll just like pop this on and I'll watch like one or two of them. And then when she's ready to go, I turn it off. It's really great. Um, so they range in length and they also uh, range in like content. So some of them are extremely hyper violent and some of them are just straight up hilarious. Uh, they're, they're all mature. So even the hilarious ones will have like, you know, maybe mature language or like a swear or something like that. So this is definitely not something you're going to watch with your kids. Um, maybe you can watch them and maybe pick one out and maybe, Hey, come in the room. You're allowed to watch like this one right here, but they're all great. And they all totally range in how they're animated too. Some of them are like incredibly highly polished animations. They, they look like they, they're pre-rendered cutscenes from like something you'd see on like the PS five or something like that. So there's some studios that are making some of these shorts that are really flexing their muscles, like some an- uncanny val- valley type stuff. There's one short where they create the likeness of an actress that was on Orange is the New Black, so kind of staying in the Netflix family. And there's some scenes in this short where, you know, the action is getting pretty high paced. And for a minute, you think it's live action because you're so I'm so familiar from her face from that show. Um some of this, some of them are just totally flat 2D animation. Uh, some of them are kind of in the middle. There's one. There's only one of them that mixes live action with CG, and those star Topher Grace and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So that was a that was a fun thing to come across too. But they're all great. They're all amazing. Um, and since they're shorts, uh, some of them have like nice little kind of button endings. Some of them are left open ended. So I'm hoping maybe they'll return to some of the shorts and hopefully a season too but this is this was totally up my alley there's one that has like really creative kind of just visuals it kind of reminded me of like a mature take on spider-verse like the visuals of it like it just seemed like really intense and they did some kind of like you know when you're watching spider-verse and like he'll like touch something or tap something and you'll see like a little word like sound effect pop up or something like that uh there was a short that did that 
uh, there was one that was kind of weird. It looked like have you ever seen like a commercial for like Clash of Clans? Oh yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, like it has that kind of animation style that kind of looks a little bit like Fortnite too. Um, so there's a short that kind of has that kind of visual, but it's very, very violent with like characters dying and like they're killing these aliens. So it's great. Uh, it sticks to the premise for the most part where it's, it's either very sci-fi, sci-fi based or, um, fantastical based. Uh, there's robots and I probably saying about half of them. Uh, so it's just really great. I, the, I watched two of them and I went and I text everybody I know to go watch it. So go watch love death and robots. Uh, like the first one, there's two of these shorts are actually directed by Tim Miller himself. So, uh, the first one starts off with, uh, him directing and uh, he directs one of the last ones too. So go check this out. It's great. I can't, uh, soundboard this anymore. Uh, you'll love it. And, uh, they're so, they're so, they're so diverse. There's definitely gonna be something you'll love. Okay. So that's the first thing. The second was I went to a game night last night and we played a Batman, the animated series card game called almost got him. So I'm not too familiar with um, with kind of these uh, these kind of lying, dodging uh, party games, but I was told by other people there that it's similar to Mafia or Werewolf. I don't know if you've played any of yeah, those games. Yeah, I've played all of those. Um, I saw. I, I'm familiar with the the concept. Yeah, uh, are you, it's. Is, kind of, it's kind of like sussing out the one the one person who's not supposed to be there, and they're trying to hide their identity. So it's the first time I've ever played one of these games, and it was really cool. Uh, one person is Batman, and all the other people are villains. But one of the villains could also be Catwoman, who has like these different abilities. So Batman's trying to subdue three of the people... And then the villains are trying to specifically subdue Batman. So there's a lot of these mind games. It's a little complicated because I was told by some of the people there that it adds another layer or two on top of Mafia and Werewolf. And they weren't 100% sure if it was worth all of the extra effort. But I had a great time because I'd never played any of these games before. So it's really cheap too because basically all you need are the cards and also separately a deck of cards so i think it's like maybe ten dollars on amazon so it's called almost got em. Okay. so check that out it kind of makes me want to go play mafia or werewolf for the first time because i'd never played those before so um i'm gonna i'm gonna get a group of people together and ask anybody in that group if they don't know how to play those so they can teach me and uh, the second, the last thing I wanted to talk about was something that I experienced the other weekend when we went and saw Captain Marvel. There's this really cool feature in iOS that I didn't notice until I was walking up to the theater where I bought my tickets on uh, a Cinemark website. And when Cinemark emails me my email confirmation, uh, Google kind of scrawled through my calendar to uh, grab the the critical information. And then I think iOS also went through my calendar to grab that info also. So that just kind of got added into my operating system on my phone. I don't really use any of the calendar functions, so it's just in there. So when I got to the theater and it knew my movie was about to start, iOS recommended to me on the lock screen, oh, you're about to walk into a movie. Would you like to put your phone on Do Not Disturb? Which I thought was great because I always do that automatically anyway. But I love the fact that now like half of Americans who have iPhones will hopefully be walking into a movie theater with their smartphone telling them to put it on Do Not Disturb. I love that because we need as many layers as possible telling people that their phones are annoying at, the, at a movie. Hmm. So I hope that, I hope they find a way to do that for anybody who's getting that. So uh, huge shout out 
to uh, Cupertino Tim Apple out there uh, that I love this feature and I want it to be on all phones. I almost like would want to go totally authoritarian with it and just be like whenever a phone reaches a certain radius of a movie theater, it just automatically tells them don't be an asshole and put your phone on in a movie. So uh, uh, standing standing ovation for that feature. So I just wanted to shout that out and be, be on the lookout for it. It's really cool. Yeah, mine mine does that. Mine's been doing that for a while because um, I use my I put my movie tickets in um, the Apple Wallet app, uh-huh. and so whenever I even get like within like maybe half a mile of my theater, it's like hey, AMC, and then like all that other stuff pops up later if I have a ticket uh-huh. in there. Um, my favorite thing is if you have an Apple Watch and you um, slide up on it, there's a little uh, comedy and tragedy mask icon, this uh-huh. theater mode, and that will put your phone on Do Not Disturb and darken the screen of your watch but it will still buzz just in case it's an emergency so any because what i've had a lot of problems with is not phones but people's watches lighting up next to me now oh god and i'm like okay this is what this mode is for it doesn't light up but it still buzzes to you know in case hey someone's calling you or something's really going on so Mm -hmm. um yeah i I agree i I think it's a it's a great feature and, and definitely enhances everyone else's movie going experience at the end of the day <laughs> yeah that's all we want out of life uh a nice casual movie going experience yeah and where someone else doesn't mess it up for you it can be it can mm-hmm. even be non-casual and people you know can still mess it up but you know whatever um but we're, let's talk news because i actually am very excited for all of the topics in this and um this week there's like not a lot of filler believe it or not and i think that's mm-hmm. really cool when we have a week like that so uh, I'm just going to land with, with, with the biggest punch this week, Mike. Uh, the thing mm-hmm. that I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, James Gunn has been officially rehired by Disney to take over Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, yeah, th- this was shocking to me. <laughs> several months after being fired. I mean, it was San Diego Comic-Con last year. Um, he was fired. Everyone uh, Disney's like, nope, we're not going to rehire him. We're not going to rehire him. Then... Uh, the, I think it was Deadline or Variety was like, he's been rehired. Then James Gunn puts what he, what I think is probably one of my, my things I hate most on Twitter where someone types up in a notepad, screenshots <laughs> and crops that, then makes that the tweet. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, confirming that he is doing that. So uh, we, when everyone said the only person right for Guardians uh, to continue was James Gunn, it looks like uh, Disney and Marvel listened for that and, and have re- brought him back into the fold. So. Yeah, I mean, if I put my little tinfoil hat on a little bit, which I don't think is necessary, because I think this is a pretty uh, pretty good theory here. So this was uh, released by Deadline on a Friday, saying that uh, Gunn was uh, rehired, and apparently the decision was made months ago, so it seemed like they were sitting on this information, and I think this was an intentional leak to Deadline for sure. Like, And this wouldn't be the first time that this has ever happened before. Studios have definitely intentionally leaked stuff to the press before, and it makes sense. On a Friday afternoon you're going to get a very shortened news cycle because i believe this dropped in like the afternoon or uh, probably the afternoon it was for morning you. it was morning for me so it would have been morning oh, for it was you. morning for you yeah, oh like, i guess i didn't like, like I didn't. almost noon which would have been a full morning cycle yeah, so it, it was uh, it was basically uh, left to like one day. You know, after like things go through the weekend, Monday starts a whole new news cycle. People might still be talking about Gun a little bit, but uh, they were able to strategically leave it on a Friday afternoon. Um, I, I don't want to loop this into the tragedy that happened in to New Zealand, but that also kind of unfortunately works in its favor too. So, I mean, I don't think really anybody is going to remember James Gunn getting rehired on this random Friday. So um, it, it worked out in Disney's favor. 
because this is Disney kind of having to admit that they made a mistake just uh, firing him, but also kind of covers their asses to be like, well, I believe they say that, oh, we fired him, but then we liked how he responded to like the crisis and how he, you know, he didn't go off the rails and he was still very apologetic. So now they have like a reason to bring him back. And I think when we talked about this all the way, like last year, like around July, I think we kind of both agreed that like time will fix all of this, you know, mm-hmm. like if they just wait long enough, people won't care anymore. So what I think Guardians 3 probably won't possibly come out until 21 or 22 and that'll be so far removed from this news it'll be like it never happened. Well, I I think honestly I never heard anyone ever in any in any source or circle say they were for this. Mm-hmm. To like to be completely like even in in the far right reaches of Reddit and everywhere else I never once heard someone say, "Hey, this was the right decision by Disney. Mm-hmm. And I, like, if there's enough for people to, you know, do petitions, the cast came out and do it. Like there's a lot working against Disney's favor, but I, I, I get, I don't have a, a tinfoil hat on like Mike does here. I, <laughs> I, I'm like, they did it. They announced it like the same week as the Avengers, uh, in game trailer, which, uh, someone pointed out on the poster to me that it actually says James Gunn on it still. Uh, before they even made this announcement, because he did, well, he was a consultant on the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, that's nothing. But then this came out like, oh, maybe they left him on the poster because they knew this news was coming. Um, because they could easily take him off of there if they wanted to. And if I take a look here, 2021 is when The Suicide Squad comes out. James Gunn will be doing this after he finishes The Suicide Squad for Warner Brothers. And if it remains mm-hmm. on track, which I think Disney will be very hard pressed to make sure it remains on track. Um, 2022 at the earliest, Mike. Um, it, it may, may we have three dates in 2022 for for Marvel. Um, what if uh, July was the next Guardians movie or so? Yeah, or or if he needs a little bit more time, maybe they push it into the the winter. Wasn't the first Guardians movie a winter movie? It was August. I say, first. Oh, okay. So it was later in the summer. But you know, there's nothing uh, wrong with putting a Guardians movie towards the end of the year. We always kind of like having those Marvel movies uh, leading us into the new calendar year. It gives us something to look forward to. Maybe when there's not a Star Wars movie out there or something, or maybe a. Uh, uh, I guess by then we might be getting those James Cameron uh, Avatar movies. Yeah. Well, Aquaman two is December of 2022. Now, what better way would Marvel be like? Well, we we don't care how well Aquaman did. We're gonna put up. Guardians of the Galaxy versus you in, in like November, December kind of thing and, uh-huh. and see how that plays out. Um, I, honestly, I, I'm surprised, but at the same time, I'm like, everyone has never, no one has said anything else. I think the funniest tweet I saw was Tycho T's like, hey, wait, wasn't I supposed to be doing this? <laughs> um, yeah, I saw that. I think my one of my favorite tweets was uh, just from like a random person that said, uh, good job on getting James Gunn fired. You actually got him two movies in the process. <laughs> yeah. So, which I thought was uh, pretty funny. But I guess just to, uh, if, if people don't remember or if the, their news gets jumbled or they don't keep track of it all, this isn't anything that was caught up in the Me Too movement uh, from uh, a year or two ago. This was just from previous tweets where he had some kind of really cringy, edgy kind of jokes that didn't age very well at all. 
And people also forget that he had litigated all of these things already in the press. So mm-hmm. this is so it was kind of like he was accused twice. I mean, I guess what James Gunn probably should have done is just deleted those tweets after the first time. I assume that they're deleted now. Mm-hmm. Just get them dumb, push them away out of the past. A, a lot of really, uh, a really good people that really liked James Gunn came to his defense. You know, kind of yeah. you know saying, "Hey, free speech." Well, you know, well, whatever. It's, it's not so. even free speech. It's like people deserve second chances, and like he hasn't done anything since then to like reiterate this actions or like he didn't build off of it and bring it back up it was like yeah he admitted he made a mistake and he's grown from it and become a better person out of out of well he was working for trauma back then which is known for being quote unquote edgy and and like you know that kind of cringeworthy stuff They're like oh yeah. it's kind of n- not cool but and this uh, this usually gets attached to the roseanne controversy as well because this happened kind of off the coattails of that uh, because they're like, oh, well, if you're going to fire one of ours, we're going to get one of yours fired. And it's like, well, Roseanne has definitely not changed as a person. She was consistently tweeting up to day and date that you know, very racist and conspiratorial things that were very hurtful to people. So it's just not even in the same ballpark. So I'm happy to have James Gunn back. Uh, I'm glad this will just kind of be all washed away. And it'll probably crop up again, probably whenever we get, you know, more Guardians 3 news. And it'll be like, oh, you know, he was rehired. So hopefully we can kind of get that controversy pushed aside and uh once it comes out i hope it's great well i'm with all that fox money they're inheriting they can do whatever they want with it really they can they can shut anyone down from this point um maybe they could have fired from suicide squad and we'll get this sooner i don't know that's <laughs> that's, that's my hopes uh just because i don't it's not that i don't think he can do a good job i'm just not excited for a suicide squad james gun or not attached to it so uh, yeah, so, yeah, well, we welcome you back. Uh, we had his brother, Sean Gunn, do an intro for us back in December. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're big fans. He re- do you remember that time when Guardians 2 trailer came out and I said, I love gold, and he liked it? Because that, that's a, me and James Gunn, we're on, we're on first name basis now. I'm, I'm one of those Chris's, so. Um, yeah, great. But his characters he created and loved. He'll be the first director to complete a whole Marvel trilogy as well now. So, that's really fun to note. But those characters he created and loved will probably pop up in the Avengers Endgame movie. And we had our... It's technically our second trailer, but they said it's just the official trailer, so I don't care. I'm, I'm not keeping track of numbers here. We had an Endgame trailer, Mike. And um, half of this trailer is a reminiscence of the first three um, solo origin movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man 1, Captain America, first uh, Avenger, and Thor. And uh, some, I think some Avenger stuff in there a little bit. But... Um, this didn't give you anything away. Um, I think we get to see maybe three action pieces, and Paul Rudd's Ant Man got the biggest action sequence in this, and all he did was flip over a pencil. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we can actually dive into that scene a little bit too, uh, because I'm kind of expecting at some point uh, all of these characters are going to make it possibly into space. You know, maybe to another planet, fight fighting Thanos off of Earth. Or in some sort of ethereal plane, who knows if maybe they'll go to another dimension or something like that. So it's just like uh, that 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 was a pencil he was flipping over. So I feel like that's going to be earthbound. So I feel like maybe pencils and other dimensions or space are not going to look like well, our pencils. It depends so if it maybe came that's on the terrific. ship or not. I guess that's true. You never know what kind of junk we could be taking in the space. Uh, but another big thing is we got another uh, look at uh, Captain Marvel in this. Yeah. So uh, we've kind of seen Captain Marvel twice now uh, connected to the this uh, endgame movie so we've seen her in costume and out of costume so she doesn't say anything in this trailer but she's definitely rooted there 
on Avengers campus. It seems like they're working on a plan. This all still seems first acty kind of stuff. Yeah. We haven't really seen anything that's going to spoil anything. We saw some kind of more hero shots of just um, of just kind of dilapidated cities and stuff. So they're really kind of pushing that narrative in this trailer. But I just want to applaud to whosoever idea it was, or maybe it was everybody's mutual decision to not give anything away. I mean, they're just going for emotional tone in all of these trailers, and it's totally working. Yeah, it really is. Um, again, I think it's hard to take these trailers and pull any spoilers out of them mm-hmm. simply because they can move anything around they want in these. Um, mm-hmm. These could be these could be scenes they're never using. Um, or they put someone in or they took someone out. I think one of the biggest things someone mentioned to me was uh, the advanced suits, which we've seen on all the toys already, uh, finally yeah, make their the, first appearance. Yeah, the white, kind of the white shelled suits. Yeah, we get to see in that, that, that hangar shot, there is now a bunch of extra people. Tony Stark and Captain America together again. They make it back to Earth, apparently. Nebula. Um, I think to me, if, if I was to make a, 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 some sort of guess here, when Scott Lang shows up, it's got to be one year later after all this events, Mike, because mm-hmm. those posters have been on that that pole for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the house behind him looks run down, mm-hmm. and then when we see him with the Avengers, Scarlet Witch or not Scarlet Witch, Black Widow's hair is already red, it, but it's got the blonde tips in it, so she's been growing it out for probably about a year, I would guess. Um, maybe more. I, I, I can't gauge how long you know, someone's hair is going to grow. But she has the red hair like we've seen in all the, the leaked concept art. Yeah. Well, I mean, a year logically makes sense because it lines up with the release of the movies. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like we left the theater, we come back a year later, and we see them. We kind of pick up where we left off. It's almost like the movie never stopped. Yeah. So that that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think the biggest question out there now is are these plastic suits – kind of these plastic shelled suits are these quantum time travel suits or are they space travel suits so that's going to be kind of curious to see what they actually are and it's it's interesting to see that it seems like captain marvel is going to be there for that specific adventure so if they are jumping through time it seems like maybe captain marvel is going to be able to uh walk through time with them and maybe she's going to be able to reference things i don't know because she kind of lived through the 2000s so we haven't seen it uh, but who knows? Uh, I'm definitely excited, but we still haven't seen any Thanos. I was expecting the next trailer to show us Thanos, and then we could get our tickets. Yeah, so I just want to say, I did call this trailer last week, Mike. I'm like, there's going to be a trailer this week, and what do you know? Lo and behold, there was <laughs> one. However, it didn't coincide with tickets, but um, there's an Empire movie cover. Uh, there's actually two of them. This is one of two, um, and it shows Thanos in his full glory here, uh, a very high-res photo of Thanos actually like very well Mm -hmm. rendered Um, but I wanted to point out like I told you his glove and arm have not been um, decimated by using the gauntlet in this in this mm-hmm. photo. Now, is this is this purposely done that to, to not give anything away because they already have the model of him like mm-hmm. this, or is there some sort of like you mentioned time or quantum travel going on? Or, or who knows? Um, I mean, we don't really know the rules of the gauntlet 100% in the MCU. I mean, if he's kind of got like a genie glove on, you know, once he uh, made it back to his little home farm, he could have just made another snap and maybe his witch was on a much smaller scale that says, hey, fix my arm. I'm tired of it feeling well, like it's burning. But the, but the glove was destroyed as well. And I, I don't think it had any juice left in it. And um, he's armored. He's fully armored here, and we all saw him take off all his armor to use the gun. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's something here that we just don't know yet. 
and we could totally be wrong by thinking about this, but he looks like a battle-ready Thanos who is mm-hmm. up against maybe something a little more, um, I don't know, uh, stronger than he anticipated. Uh, you know, I, I don't know here, but, like, this is a pretty good look at Thanos. And there's another piece of art in this that shows Thanos overlooking his field uh, where he grows all of his nothing that he has. Um, <laughs> so... Um, uh, we, you know, I think you're right. I think we will finally see the villain appear. Uh, I think we're probably going to get some very al- CGI altered shots to not give anything away, and that will be our um, ticket trailer. But I think we won't get that until the first or second week of April. And I'll, oh, really? I'll, I'll tell you why here in a minute. I've got this. This whole episode is connected together by one big. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I guess before you uh, you jump into that, uh, I would think that this very last ticket trailer is going to be one hundred percent Thanos because in this trailer we saw there is a narration from these characters. Uh, what's what's the kind of the phrase that they use? Like never give up or, uh, or, or what? what the hell? Well, yeah, I don't know. We, um, they're saying some sort of like phrase throughout, but anyway, the characters are like narrating it to the audience. So I think in this final trailer, it's going to be 100% Thanos, and he is going to be narrating through the trailer, and he's going to be saying things from his perspective, like I sacrificed it all to achieve what I wanted yeah. to achieve. You know, I've I've lost uh, loved ones. You know, I've I did what had to be done. You know, but you know, I finally I finally did it. Now I can finally rest, and we won't see any of the other characters. And then it'll be like, get your tickets now. So it's like all the promotion is finally set up. We have the emotional weight from the hero's side. We have the emotional weight from the villain side. You can get your tickets and like you're officially in the month of when the movie comes out. So So, so I I think that's the strategy. The phrase is whatever it takes, which Mm. would be the phrase I could see Thanos using as well. Like whatever it takes. Um, I, I, I could totally get into, you know, hypothetical stuff all day long. I think this the the first um the first trailer that we had with the 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 footage of Scott Lang at uh-huh. the end of it I think they're they're not watching that footage they're watching maybe the footage Tony Stark was recording and sent back to Earth maybe and that's maybe that's what prompts him to go get them I I don't know there's a bunch going on here I'm really excited for Endgame and um you know much like the movie we are we are in the Endgame now we are almost a month away and uh-huh. we need to, we need to get those tickets Mike we need to pick those seats. But I'll tell you about that date here in a minute. Doctor Strange 2, we know, is on the horizon. Okay? We know we're getting a Doctor Strange. Everybody wants a Doctor Strange 2 after seeing him in Infinity War. And this week, in a deleted tweet, which gives a little credence because why would you delete a tweet that has nothing going on? Um, uh-huh. Scott Derrickson tweeted the lyrics to a Jimi Hendrix song called Are You Experienced? with a photo of Namor and Doctor Strange together. So, no, that's, I mean, that seems very specific. Very much so. And in the, the lyrics, Are You Experienced? It says, uh, from the bottom of the sea. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, is this just him finding something cool and sharing it while researching Doctor Strange? Or is this something that says, hey, I'm going to use this? Now, it could, if he deleted it, it's like, oh, I didn't mean to post that because people are going to take it the wrong way. I understand. But. With uh, we have a date. We're gonna talk about it in a little bit. The Disney and Fox deal closing very soon, and Namor maybe being in the middle of that. Could they be waiting for this deal to close before announcing Doctor Strange two with Ooh. Namor in it? 
putting on my uh, tinfoil hat here. Uh, you never <laughs> Namor, took it off, but go on. <laughs> Namor, he's like uh, like uh, he's like the soft X Men. He's like your uh, gateway drug into the X Men, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I think that I think that it works in a couple different ways. So first of all, Doctor Strange, you know, you got to take him to strange places. So take him to uh, Namor's very, very strange land. Uh, He's also an X-Men, so that's kind of a way to softly move into that. But honestly, I could really see them not making him a mutant, you know, just kind of leaving him as just a creature under the sea. But also, this could just kind of be a little bit of like a Marvel pivot that that went, wow, look how well Aquaman did in the box office. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should get in on that undersea action a little bit. But that seems a little bit short-sighted because I feel like uh, the pre-production for Doctor Strange 2 was probably already in gear. So it's hard for me to imagine like Kevin Feige knocks on um, Scott Derrickson's office door and be like, hey, you got to put this movie underwater, then closes the door and walks walks away. Uh, It's funny to imagine. But uh, yeah, that would be kind of cool to see kind of what Marvel's take of Undersea would be. Uh, They're very similar characters kind of aesthetically wise. So it would be kind of cool to see two big box office budget studios kind of understand how water would be and you have james cameron doing it too to kind of see if we could kind of get three unique takes of how mm-hmm. everyone wants to treat it um because i i didn't re- actually really enjoy the underwater stuff too much in aquaman it just kind of felt claustrophobic and kind of uh kind of weird I so like being under the water okay great yeah yeah you know gray and stuff so maybe other people can do it uh, uniquely a little differently so there's some fun to be have here magic underwater namor yeah. namor is like a strong badass yeah and and uh, that would, I mean, if they want to give him his own movie later, which I doubt they would anyway, that'd be a way to keep the character around. Um, mm-hmm. I Again, a friend of the show, Brian Smith, mentioned that we would love to see Namor's kingdom versus Black Panther's kingdom because in the comics, they're notorious for attacking each other all the time. Oh, that would be cool. But like introducing Namor into Black Panther movie is a little harder i guess yeah so. but black panther 3 the third film you you know you have introduced namor already in doctor strange yeah. you go to black panther 3 these two kingdoms battling each other oh, that'd be nuts or it leads to either an avengers versus x-men style movie or like maybe a civil war kind of two like not the name civil war two but like a civil war a second one where these heroes have to like these these kingdoms are battling rather than just the heroes kind of yeah thing. that definitely feels like a conversation that we'll be having probably at the end of the summer you know after spider-man is out i feel like we're going to be on these mics talking about what's the next bigger plan and it just seems logical to do avengers versus x-men like in five or six years or something like that you know i agree i totally agree it's uh it's going to be a, a huge thing to to try to think about and predict going forward mm-hmm. so we'll know more later but i think that's a really cool thing and i never heard that Jimi hendrix song so i went and listened to it it's a little weird <laughs> that's for sure uh shang chi master of the martial arts is got a director for his movie destin daniel cretton will be directing this and i think he did what shortlist 13 i think is what he, uh, he, he he's a I don't know. I mean, this is a Marvel director kind of thing. Like, uh, they picked this relatively unknown person who's good at what he's doing. Short-term 12 is what it was. A, a, like a 22-minute short film. Um, and uh, Shang-Chi is a very martial artist. This is the, the going to be the Iron Fist movie we wish we had at the end of the day. And um, while they're only in pre-production, I think Shang-Chi will be fast-tracked to be one of those movies in 2021 because of probably the low... CGI effects in this movie uh, needed to to get it out pretty quickly. 
So. Yeah, um, you might know a little bit more about Shang Chi than I do. I'm not too familiar with him. Yeah. Does he is it, is it, is he just like combat, like martial artist? Like is he kind of on level with maybe like, um, uh, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Black Widow, just like hand to hand combat, or does he have powers? Uh, he, as far as I have seen, he has he he got some powers later, but like he's not known for his powers. He mm-hmm. is known for literally being the person to put Iron Fist kind of in his place uh-huh. uh, in terms of martial arts. And Iron Fist, as we were hoping to be, would be known like the master of all martial arts kind of thing. Uh-huh. So uh, he's not powered. He's just really, really good at it in um, what, from what I remember in that. I think later on he had some powers where he could like create like copies of himself, like, cause he was like that good or something like that. Um, but I, I don't know. So huh. I wonder how they would add this type of character, to the MCU, the MCU is such a big scaled universe when it comes to just these extra human abilities. I wonder how they root this character in the universe, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it'd be cool to have like badass fighters, you know, kind of have, uh, um, the raid style fight scenes in the MCU. That would be great. But you know, uh, everyone is always making fun of like hot, Hawkeye and, and Black Widow as it is for palling around with these superpowered people. Like, what are they going to do? So I'm kind of wondering how they install him into the MCU. That's a that's a question I'll have for a while. <laughs> yeah, how, I mean, how do you put him in the Avengers? That I don't know. But a Shang-Chi solo film that's based on, like, martial arts films, like that style of film, that genre, mm-hmm. um, putting superheroes in, I think would be really interesting. And, and we haven't seen that yet, so... Um, some of the best parts of Black Panther were whenever they went to the, um, was it in Hong Kong, I think, where they went to do the battle? I believe it was South Korea. South Korea, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. they, they, that scene was really cool. I imagine, like, imagine this kind of in a lot of that in this, like, the mm-hmm. hand-to-hand combat. So, um, yeah, I would, I would like to, I would like to see where this kind of goes. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what it can do, but I want to see a different film genre style. And I think this might be a good way to introduce that kind of stuff, so... Uh, and also Chinese box office, very important. <laughs> yeah, very very much so. Uh, in this, in the book, so his dad's name is called Fu Manchu, uh, which ooh, that's probably going to change. <laughs> yes, uh, considerable martial arts skills earned in the title Master Kung Fu, but they're like we're going to modernize this by a long shot. So um, I think I think that'll be easy to do for them. Um, just avoid that old stuff. So I could imagine maybe a little sliver of the MCU kind of dedicated to the the East and China in general. It's a very big landmass. So if you think about it from a storytelling point of view, there's got to be stuff going on there for sure. So maybe they can start kind of developing some of these. Um, these heroes or ideas that have come from the comic books that have come from the East, but obviously more racially sensitive. Yeah. You know, they're not just going to have like these long, like mustaches and like smoking opium and stuff like that. So maybe they can kind of develop these really cool characters that are kind of over there. And then at some point, maybe they'll intermix with me. I don't know. Maybe there'll be like a shield mission that happens over there. Maybe, maybe the next Spider-Man movie will be in Hong Kong or something like that. And he meets like Shang-Chi. That would be cool. No, I don't know if that'd be cool, but I, I think I think the problem is that in all these movies, they're all based out of New York, and you know if they're protecting the world, we need some world representation. Um, and I think that this is a good way to maybe get those people in here uh, from different places. We always talk- the MCU. The MCU is gonna gonna solve world peace. We didn't know it was happening right here on the podcast, yeah. right in front of our eyes. Well, world peace. We've MCU also style. talked a lot about Black Knight being from England and maybe Captain Britain. So like maybe we're starting to see other heroes from other countries appear out of out of these movies so um i don't know i don't know we're gonna we're gonna keep keep a keep a low ear to the ground for this one and see what happens 
Mm-hmm. The Avengers Project is a video game we've been hyped on since 2017, and uh, the developer Crystal Dynamics has a panel at Google's Game Developer Conference this week on mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday. So hopefully we get a, our first preview of this, or maybe a status update on where it is, because we've not heard about this game since that first teaser, which got everyone hyped. Yeah, it's it's weird. In a couple of weeks, we'll probably be talking about some technology conferences on this podcast because Google's Game Developer Conference is coming up. And then I think just uh, less than a week after that, we're going to be getting uh, Apple's announcement of their streaming service. And I think it's just going to be mainly them announcing shows. So I'm curious if we're going to get any superhero or kind of nerd-related stuff coming out of that Apple announcement of their streaming service. So, uh, you know, even even Silicon Valley wants to get in on this stuff. I don't think we will. I think Apple will miss that boat completely. I don't think, the, I don't think their <laughs> money's in software very well. But I want to see this game because we're about to go through, after Spider-Man, a drought of superhero movies from June slash July all the way to May of next year. And oh then my I'll, god, I'm gonna wi- I'm gonna wither. And then from wither. and then from May to November of that year, we need content to keep us busy, Mike. Um, I, I understand Marvel Ultimate Alliance three is coming out, but that's for the Nintendo Switch. Do you have a Nintendo Switch? No, I do not. Exactly. So we gotta we gotta have something that gets over. And I think this cross platform uh, Avengers Project game is going to be the way to do that. So give us something to look forward to, people. Give us a summer release. We'll we'll buy it up right then, right there. Uh, I might even get on on the same console as Mike, so if there's if we can play together, we will. That'd be very fun. <laughs> Marvel What If? Are you familiar with these What If comics? I love and scenarios? I love the What If comics. It basically unchains them from the precedent, and they just write whatever they want. <laughs> exactly. So Marvel Studios is planning a animated anthology series of What Woo! If. Chris, you're saying all the right words to me right now. <laughs> for Disney Plus, so uh, I love that. Uh, these are all alternate stories where certain events went another direction. Uh, examples I pulled uh, right off the, the Google search were: What if Thanos joined the Avengers? What mm. if Professor X had become Juggernaut? Uh, you know, examples like you know, what if I, I don't know? Um, you know, Loki had never um, you know felt fallen off the Rainbow Bridge. I don't know something like mm-hmm. that. Like they can pull from the movies even, but these are all animated segments. So the sky is the absolute limit maybe they'll take a love um love death and robots uh kind of thing and get different studios and different people to write and direct them so they all look different mike just like you it, like it makes me think that you know if they're trying to um kind of keep this mcu hype going into their streaming service especially maybe this drought that you're talking about um it, you know it seems like they would be chaining themselves down a little bit but it would be really interesting to be if they kept this just related to the movies so you know you don't have to have the high budget to tell the story because it's just all animated but it would be actually really clever to, to be like what if quicksilver like it i mean it might be kind of somber but like what if quicksilver didn't die how would it change these things or what if ant-man uh was there when thanos uh showed up uh in wakanda or something like that so those would be kind of fun things to to see but they would have to kind of keep it rooted in the ncu you, you probably wouldn't be able to like throw x-men in there right away but uh, i love this idea well, I, I, I love it i think the problem with that is like it might confuse the average person if they're watching the what if so like I don't remember this part of the movie or like, oh, remember that part of the movie where X, Y, Quicksilver, you know, didn't die. Like, what if they don't watch them in the right order and they, they just watch these? You know, I could see being rooted in the movies being problematic for those people. But, like, I think there's a whole bunch here that we could do, like, with, like, you know, that or, you know, um, 
Or, I'm kind of what ima- if the Defenders hadn't been canceled or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of imagining like two different tones of the show. Like if they want to include everything, all things Marvel, like X-Men, Fantastic Four, like that. I'm imagining a, a more kid-friendly show, maybe like Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which mm, nothing wrong with that at all. But also, I feel like if they went strictly with the MCU, maybe they would try to keep within that tone. So it wouldn't be strictly adult because the streaming service is supposed to be family friendly. But I could see it maybe aging up, you know, you know, 13 plus. So mm-hmm. um, I'll be interested to see where they go with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we might have some more information on Disney investors meeting on April 11th, Mike. This is a huge date here. And I had to look it up to make sure it wasn't just Marvel. What if... At the investor meeting, they say, hey, here's our new trailer for in-game. Movie tickets are now on sale. Like, wouldn't that make Uh, all the investors hyped to hear that at that moment? Like, oh, watch your money come in right now. Like Bob Bob Iger, lay it on me, please. Yes. Um, I know it's only like two weeks before the movie opens, but, you know, traditionally speaking, they don't sell tickets usually until two weeks before the movie for most other movies, Mike. So um, that's that's an option here. And... um, the state's going to come back into another another thing we're about to talk about here in a minute, but I think we may learn more uh, in less than a month, so keep your ears to the ground. Disney has also set March 20th closing date of the purchase of 20th Century Fox, and that is at 12.02 a.m. Eastern, which is very specific for them to do that. But um, we will finally, in our good news, have the X-Men and other properties back into Marvel's hands as of Wednesday. Who um, who do you want to see first? Do you want to see X-Men or Fantastic Four rebooted? Fantastic Four has had a longer time to remove that awfully bitter taste in, in my mouth. So I think that would be the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, X-Men, as we know, we are still getting Dark Phoenix this summer. And um, New Mutants, I think they can lay off of it for a little bit and ease them in. Maybe through little sprinkles here and there throughout the remaining movies. You know, it's one thing that I'm imagining in my head right now. Um, You know, the Fantastic Four is very rooted in science and experimentation. I'm almost imagining the post-credit scene for maybe the second Fantastic Four film where Reed Richards is like looking at a microscope at a genome and he sees that it's mutating. That would be really cool. That would be an awesome way to, to say like mutants are here, everybody, and like Reed Richards has like discovered the phenomenon. You know, the whole the whole mutants don't have to hinge on him specifically. Would it be cool if he noticed it in the post credit scene? So that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Feige's been working on an X-Men movie since probably 2004. <laughs> I think we're, we're going to get it sooner than, than probably that. But I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Will this mean they can change the post credit scene for Endgame within three weeks mike i i, well, I didn't weeks? i didn't think about that that post credit scene is going to be interesting right like, so what if they film two of them and they're like we're gonna th- this one's our regular one if it doesn't go through if this one here's our backup put in put in the b right now we're good to go because it, it is going to be kind of weird right because all of our other avengers movies and all of our other films have had post credit scenes that link up to this whole thanos debacle so once thanos has finally thwarted you know what is feige's strategy here obviously you could take the easy approach and just do one post credit scene and that's just for like spider-man you know just dovetail in your very next movie and maybe they might do that but i feel like traditionally you're going to have two post credit scenes so what are you going to hint to in one of those scenes there's got to be something that's a little bit more out there so are they are we gonna see like a shiny surfboard in space maybe they're hinting at silver surfer 
Like, I, I, I just, it's hard for me to believe that maybe we'll 100% see, like, a sliver of, like, um, of, uh, uh, of the big next big villain, you know? I think... I think you're you're thinking too hard about this. Neither of the only one of the two post credit scenes will tease the next one, and one of them will be Spider Man, and one of them will probably just be a callback to the movie that's currently going on. Um, or maybe now they'll have two; they won't take out the other one. So I don't know what that will be, but I don't think it'll be too forward thinking. Now, if it is, and we're lucky, God, I hope it's Galactus. I hope they put that B in there. <laughs> That's kind of what I was hinting at. Maybe we'll see just like a sliver of his armor, or maybe Silver Surfer will be enough to uh, point to it. I don't, I don't know. Or, but it, it would be curious if they. I do like your idea of maybe they have a couple in the barrel and they're just kind of deciding on you know what they want to do. It could be with the introduction of scrolls a tease into a secret invasion. Mm. Someone who died yeah, body could be a scroll. Oh, maybe that could be possible because there will or be I, there will be casualties. Or honestly, I could see a post-credit scene being something a little bit more emotional, just kind of paying tribute to the MCU as a whole. You know, I could see a whole post-credit scene dedicated to Stan Lee. You know, he's got the opening bumper uh, for sure, but, you know, he was a big guy. You know, he could deserve a post-credit scene of his own. Or maybe if is the case, uh, if Captain America, like, truly is dead at the end of this one, which I think a lot of people are leaning towards, maybe a post-credit scene is somebody just over his grave or something like that, and the characters are just, like, paying tribute to it. I, I don't know. Um, uh, there's so many questions, which I love. Kevin Feige hasn't let all of the, all of the dogs out of the kennel yet, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that we know. And uh, plenty of options to go on if this actually goes through in uh, less than three days. So mm-hmm. um, I assume we'll get a, an announcement Wednesday. And we'll be talking about it next week. Mm-hmm. Aladdin had a live action trailer this week from Disney. And I, I, I've heard a lot of people say they really are changing on Will Smith's genie in this one. Uh, the pivot towards like, oh, okay, the still shot didn't do it. Like the teaser didn't do it justice. The still shot still didn't do it. This was actually much better. Um why are we talking about this? Because this it starts our <laughs> Alan Tudyk section of the show. The, okay. The Alan Tudyk verse is what we're going to call it because this is going to tie the next four things together, Mike. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Alan Tudyk is going to voice Iago, the bird, which we saw in this trailer will be huge at one point flying through the city of Agrippa. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sold on everything in this movie except Jafar. They chose the wrong person to play Jafar. He is not nearly skinny enough in the face and evil looking enough in the face to be Jafar. So, um, other than that, I'm fine with this. You good with it? Yeah. I have uh, so few opinions there we go. <laughs> about this trailer. So it's just, uh, it's not on my list of concerns. There we go. Well, Alan Tudyk voicing Iago. star Wars celebration is coming the weekend of April 12th in Chicago, Mike, man, these next two months. Yeah. Uh, which is like, it was going to be like one week after C2E2 and then everything got moved around. But they have set an episode 9 panel on April 12th with Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Um, Abrams to be there to answer questions about this. Do you think we're going to well, get a title reveal? A trailer oh, I think, reveal? I think we're, we're going to get uh, both of those things. We, we, I think the movie is this year, people. I think the Disney investors meeting on the 11th will give us the title. And that will be enough hype for 24 hours for them to reveal the trailer, a special look to those people at the thing first before they release it online. Yeah. I mean, come on. Disney's two biggest hits almost 
for sure are going to be Star Wars and Avengers this calendar year. So you put your Star Wars trailer in front of your Avengers movie when it comes out. It's just it would be just such a dumb waste of promotional mm-hmm. capital to not do that, you know. Exactly. And I think that's a really it's a really April's going to be so huge. Thank God we got Shazam 2 weeks early and we'll talk about that mm-hmm. here in a minute. Um, but in Star Wars land, the character C2SO, which I believe will be in that um, that prequel mo- show for What's-His-Face from Rogue One that we talked about. Do you mean, do you mean K2SO? Or K2SO, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> what, what's, the, what's, his, what's his dude's name he's with? I forget in Rogue One. Oh, who knows. But we'll he's getting his own show him. on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> uh, it's voiced by Alan Tudyk. There you go. That's a, that's, yeah, that's a connection. Tudyk verse. <laughs> it continues. The Harley Quinn animated series gave us our first look at the Joker in the upcoming show through um, an Instagram post from the voice actress. I can never say her name. Kaylee. Kaylee. Coco? Cuoco? Coco? I don't know. Cuoco or something. I gotta gotta look this up. So the first image, she's got a little album here, is the Joker. And what I can tell you right now, this must be a flashback for Harley Quinn. Because she's very much in her Suicide Squad clothes and all the other animations. And she's not with the Joker, so... Um, I think this is all flashback. Like that first one is a flashback um, for that. And the Joker looks very, I don't know, like a mixture of like, you know, like the uh, kind of the Batman, the animated series and the Jack Nicholson version a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, so um, it was our first look at, at him in the show. Not animated, just just still. I can go either way. Uh, it doesn't bother me. I like to hear his voice. It looks voice. like he's... I mean, it's hard to tell based on the saturation of this image, but it looks like he's got a gigantic chin. Is this a, J- is this a Jay Leno chin? He's got a Jay Leno yeah, face going on? I can't tell based on that size, but uh, this is part of a bigger album on uh, Kaylee's Instagram post, so you can see like two other images here. So I'm, I'm digging the this kind of animation style. It looks like they, uh, they're they going to have some fun with the characters, so uh, I'm down for this. Yeah. I'm down to watch. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and the voice of the Joker will be Alan Tudyk. Oh, uh, Tudyk first. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's three in a row. Are you ready to go four for four? Ah, uh, gimme. Because the DC Universe at large has put the first episodes of Titans, Young Justice Outsiders, and the Doom Patrol for free online for you to watch. So if you're on the fence, you haven't watched the first episodes of any of these three. Young Justice Outsiders is season three, by the way, so you might want to watch the first two seasons. You can catch them online now for free. Yeah, really they announced they announced it a few days ago, saying that it was starting this weekend. But I think they left the timeline open ended, so I don't know how long they're going to be available for. Um, I, I don't think maybe they wanted to say they're going to be available for free forever, but I think this is definitely uh, kind of a, a, a trick—not really a trick, but it's a strategy to get more people to subscribe. You know, the first hit's free. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to dive into, I've seen the first episode of Titans. I've seen the first episode of Doom Patrol. I think you watched the first episode of Young Justice, right? Or no, not yet. Uh, no, not yet. Okay, so Mike hasn't seen any of these things yet. But in the first episode of Doom Patrol, we get to meet Mr. Nobody, who's played by Alan Tudyk. <laughs> Tudyk verse. Yeah, so there we go. We've, we've gone across this whole ride with Alan Tudyk, but you can go catch those now. Um, and this is going to, I think, start a new... These shows are going to start a new trend where Titans will be available for uh, digital platforms... Uh, the first season on March 21st, not just DC Universe anymore. So uh, you can have DC Universe, you can watch them and stream them, but I think you can purchase them on other platforms starting at the uh, in, in just this week. Oh, okay. So maybe you can uh, uh, just buy the season on like Amazon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Amazon, iTunes, probably wherever they decide to put them. I don't think it'll be one of those things where you stream them off Netflix or Hulu kind of thing. So 
um i i i don't know so um i i think that's a that's a cool thing if you don't want to pay for the dc universe but you want to buy maybe just young justice you have the opportunity to i'm gonna imagine i'm imagining us uh during the summer here doing just a gigantic uh punch in the face and just doing a spoiler cast of just dc universe in general we'll uh we'll we'll review the interface we'll review all of the shows we'll just binge it all we'll watch them all we'll just do this big either uh recommendation or not for the dc universe as a whole yeah so um yeah so you can get uh those things um yeah on your your things if you're interested in that i don't know check the first episode out for free then maybe you want to buy it later this this year or just pay the eight dollars a month watch them real fast and then go on about your day uh shazam oh no i'm sorry titans uh, also for season two i forgot about this um the actor isai morales who i couldn't nail down what he's in directly because he's in so many things uh-huh. Um, has been cast as Deathstroke slash Slade Wilson for season two. So, well, I mean that uh, that character is uh, definitely uh, connected to the Titans Teen Titans animated series, so it makes sense that he would kind of come on in. Yeah, uh, they've also got him in the the hopefully maybe in the DC universe. Uh, Joe Manganiello playing him. Uh, they also have him in what uh, Arrow. He was an Arrow for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they really like to use Deathstroke right now. So, um, but this one they talk about Slade Wilson becoming a super soldier uh, with enhanced physiology to superhuman levels and putting him on a path of darkness and revenge. So, how will he play into this? I don't know. Do you want to know? Can, can I tell you the end post credit scene for Titan season one, or do you want to not know? Um, you know what? Don't tell me. Okay, don't great. Because it's not related to this at all. Okay, great. which is why I'm like, this is very interesting. They're putting him in here compared to you know something else to deal with the other thing that happened so um but yeah so yeah if you want to look him up you can he, i you can't nail him down mike like how do you pick what show he was a guest star oh in? i was i was scrolling through his imdb history this guy gets work yeah so but it's uh, not but it's <laughs> not like he's not like a lead of anything so it's like where do you where do you put him at so mm-hmm. um yeah so you can check that out uh, when titan season two launches shazam is his name, and you're supposed to say it and get his powers. It didn't work just now. I tried. Um, Fandango is giving away, or not giving away, they're offering you the chance to see this show two weeks early um, through their app. We have the link in our show notes. If they're still available, you can go get them. I will be at C2E2 next Saturday during this, and I managed to get five tickets. I'm taking everyone I'm with there. Uh, we're all going to go watch it. Mike, did you get your tickets? Yeah, I got my tickets two weeks early. Uh, I think this is probably going to be something that maybe people in larger markets can take advantage of. Uh, You know, if you're close to a a theater that pulls in a crowd, you might be able to see Shazam two weeks early, which is great. They kind of did this with Aquaman. They partnered with Amazon to do it, though. You know, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you could go see it early. So uh, this maybe this is just a, a, a DC strategy to kind of get the hype going. But typically, I don't think they usually do this if they know a movie is not tracking well. So I think this movie is probably getting good, maybe internal reviews, and they're really feeling good about it. So they want to get it out there early. Uh, but yeah, I got my tickets. I'm excited to see it two weeks early. We'll put out our uh, review episode uh, when we go check it out. Uh, I guess you'll it'll be up to you whether you want to listen to the spoiler section of that spoiler cast. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, go grab those tickets early if you can. Exactly. Uh, we're grab them early, and then we're going to try to do one next week. I'm going to be coming back from Chicago, driving, recording our regular episode, and covering that convention, and then adding that in there. So uh, I'm looking forward to a very busy weekend all around. <laughs> um, but I think 
I wasn't hyped enough to see Shazam beforehand. I'm like two weeks early with these people I'm going to see to a Comic-Con with. I think, you know, that kind of changes the momentum a little bit of how I'm going to see this movie. So um, I'm very excited to watch it in Chicago, in a nice theater in Chicago, actually. So we're going to do that. The Flash movie still happening, and reports are they're looking to start production November of this year, 2019. Oh, so it looks like we could possibly see this film earliest like probably early 2021 i would think i think 2021 is a great date because you know how long dc takes to edit these movies sometimes <laughs> especially with well, the they, flash yeah well they, they they never know where they want that uh saturation slider to be do they want it to be on the snyder side or they want it to be on the wonder woman side you know it takes a lot of decisions to where that slider goes exactly but i also think you know like aquaman they don't have aquaman for five years right or four years mm-hmm. after the original uh, Wonder Woman will be uh, probably about four years. The Flash will probably take a little more polish as well. But like the Joker and the smaller uh, movies, like, like um, what's the other one? Uh, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Um, you know they're a little quicker. They don't require all that extra budget for that. So I think they're gonna do it off. The only thing that can bother with this is if Fantastic Beast three production. Uh, I hope it gets underway soon. Could interfere with Ezra Miller's schedule on this. So if we get delays again. It's because Warner Brothers is, is can't handle their own scheduling. Yeah, and speaking of Ezra Miller, I saw either a rumor or a report that uh, Ezra Miller was toying around with the idea of writing the script himself. No, so, no, they have uh, the, the directors are writing the script, um, and they're the ones who wrote Spider-Man: uh, Homecoming, John Francis Daly, and whatever the other guy. They're writing it. Uh, well, uh, who knows? Who knows uh, what it's actually going to end up being because uh, this movie has gone through the ringer for sure. Yeah. It's like the real-life Gambit movie. This one actually might get made, which would be okay. We want a Flash movie. Mm-hmm. We didn't want a Gambit movie, but they seem to be going through similar similar woes. Yeah. Um, I also read a report about speaking of Gambit, but the only reason that they didn't go as fast as they could because of the commercial failure of Fantastic Four. I'm like, yeah, probably. It's probably good. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, great. Good. <laughs> They learned something good from this. So, uh, The Flash could be here 2021, could not be here 2021. Your call. Do you like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies? I like two thirds of them. Okay. I like, <laughs> I, I'm on the other end. I like, I like, well, I like them all, but the ones I like are not the ones everyone else likes. Um, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises will return to theaters for Batman's 80th birthday in select cities, Mike. And I only say this because we live close enough to these select cities and maybe our audience. Uh-huh lives close enough to these select cities as well. Um, March 30th will be the debut of these at the Hollywood in Hollywood at a theater with Christopher Nolan doing Q&A between the second and third movie, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Uh-huh. They will record those Q&A and put it in between the other screenings, which is April 12th in New York and San Francisco, uh-huh. and then April 20th at Toronto and Indianapolis. So oh, that's uh, cool. If you're interested in rewatching all three of those in theaters and seeing that awful jump between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight in terms of how the Batman Begins is very much a comic book city and The Dark Knight is like New York, you're you're going to mm-hmm. be able to see that. Um, but they will play that Q and A in between it as well, so you'll get the whole thing, just not in person. I w- I would like someone to very tactfully ask him about um, Heath Ledger and his possibility of being in that third movie. You know, I don't want some nerd rage question to go up there and be like, blah, blah, blah. Why, why wasn't he? Like, what did you, what did you have recast or what? Like, I have just heard rumors before that he had a larger 
idea of what he wanted to do with the Joker in the third movie, and then after his passing, he kind of had to pivot. So, you know, I'd kind of like to know the the story of that and what his plans were, because uh, I, I think we've, we're far enough now from the tragedy that we could kind of look at it from a bird's eye view and kind of just see for what it was. But uh, eight, Batman's 80th birthday, isn't there like a Batman day that they invented out of thin air? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are all these Batman holidays coming out of nowhere, man? I don't know, man. I mean, birthdays make sense, but... I think they've been celebrating his 80th birthday for like three years now. I, th- I, th- I <laughs> thought it'd be done by now, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd think. Uh, tickets for these go on sale Wednesday at noon, so I imagine they're going to be very limited since it's a very select uh, thing. So if you're interested in going to these, go find the link Wednesday at noon. I, I don't know where it is. I don't have a link because there's five different theaters for this going on. Last but not least, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones because... This uh, it confirms what we talked about before. Um, their biggest episode. We have the running final episode dates and run times revealed for these this last season. There are six episodes of Game of Thrones left, Mike. Mm-hmm. They are the first two are normal hour long episodes. They are not all super sized episodes. Mm-hmm. The last four run eighty minutes each, average. <laughs> it's really crazy because uh, if if they kind of shifted the the time out a little bit, they almost could have. I feel like they could have gotten these full ten episode seasons out of this. But it seems like these are going to be very energetic, uh, crazy episodes, and they they don't want to cut. They don't want to cut the tension, so you're just going to sit down for eighty minutes. The longest one it looks like is running eighty two minutes long. That's nearly a feature film right there, and the budgets probably are going to be pretty close. So uh, we were talking about Game of Thrones last night at a diner at like 2 a.m. and we were trying to figure out um, who we would want on the throne what we think is going to happen it seems like uh, uh, the people we're chatting to don't want the most obvious choice to take the throne and if you haven't watched any Game of Thrones yet I I won't drop any names because if I drop any name and you're starting to work your way through Game of Thrones to catch up to the final season, you'll know that that person is not dead yet. Bilbo Baggins. So so do your best, get through your marathon watch. I was thinking of doing my own little marathon, like a truncated marathon, of just watching the one big episode out of each season. Like there's always a big, giant action set piece episode in every season. So I was like, maybe I'll just watch that one episode for each season to kind of work my way through it to get up to this. this, uh, But this is going to be great. My Sunday, evenings are going to be booked we're going to have to make sure we don't have any super late night uh podcast recordings on sunday so we can uh, get to our game of thrones i know the only problem is uh one the first one april 14th um is hellboy weekend and then the longest episode which i assume is probably the biggest battle in the history of battles because it's 82 minutes is avengers in game weekend april 28th so that's gonna be a busy weekend for everybody involved. <laughs> so I think that, I think most people that'll be the most people out in the theaters and then also in front of their couches at the same time. So uh, I gotta consume media, Chris. I gotta consume it. We do. You gotta consume the most popular media as well, because those are the, mm-hmm. gonna be the two biggest things in in the news articles. Everywhere you go, you won't believe this happens in Avengers. You won't believe this happened in Game of Thrones last night. Oh my god. <laughs> Get your the water biggest- cooler. 
the biggest troll that the creators of this show could do was make alternate endings and different people see different endings. So anybody that watches like the normal broadcast of HBO, maybe depending on the time zone, they could pick different endings for those different time zones because they're technically different broadcasts. Uh, they could definitely randomize it for anybody watching online. They could be getting different endings. And it would just be hilarious to see people going on Twitter right after the final episode ends and they're all just in a fervor talking about it. And they're like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? That's not what happened that's not what i saw and everyone's just arguing and it takes everybody probably like a good hour to figure out what just happened like they're fucking with us <laughs> so i don't want that to happen i don't think that'll happen be, that's very tinfoily it would be a hilarious social experiment to just see that it literally might break the internet that's something that i could see where that phrase does come to I, truth, I think so. they don't do it for any episode but the last one like what do you like mean? you get accustomed to seeing the same thing and all of these uh-huh. and then the very last episode the one that matters the most the ending is different for everybody. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like all of them like you, Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Just like it'd be like the the movie Clue. Just like yeah. the la- the ending just changes, but I don't that's not going to happen, no, but it would be great. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, and then after that's probably the Game of Thrones we'll get the announcement of the prequel, we'll probably the first trailer after this is wrapped mm-hmm. up. I don't know. There's there's a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, a lot of media this this season, Mike. Uh, we're we're about ready to kick it off. I mean, we had Captain Marvel uh, last week, and then you know Shazam next week. We're we're about to get into the busy season, and I love it. Yeah, I love that's it. That's right. But that's our news for this week. Everything was there. We introduced everyone to the Tudic verse. Now that you know, you're in the know, and everything else. But Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, why you're at diners at two in the morning for crying out loud? Uh, why can people find you? At? Well, as always, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to catch up with you at C2E2 this weekend. Maybe they want to be the first people to set eyes on that Paul Rudd pick. Uh-huh. Where can they find it? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. I'll put it up there as soon as I get that digital copy. It's going up there. You know it is. That's my profile yeah. pick for like a month until, <laughs> until, until it's done. I'll, maybe I'll try to get some. I don't know how to handle and approach a celebrity of the stature that I'm just going to be one-on-one with in front of a photographer. Like, what do I ask him? How do, what's the icebreaker? How do you come off like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm swooning kind of thing. Like, no, I don't want to do that. You need an anecdote. Yeah. You, you got to find out your, what your anecdote's going to be. And, you got to practice it and, and then you'll be good. And we've talked about the, the cinematographer of clueless, which he was in, uh, like going and doing the matrix the next, like ask him how that day guy was. But like, I don't know. I got to If anyone has any suggestions, please send it to me quickly because I need to party <laughs> too. I'm running out of time. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I'll be at C2E2 next weekend. If anyone is there, you want to hang out, come see me, let me know. Cause I'm going to be there. Um, I'll be in town Thursday and I'll be there till Sunday and I'll be back to record. Um, you also head over to comic UI and figure your stuff out there. Uh, Mike, if people want to listen to more super, especially all these reviews we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing reviews left and right for the rest of the year. Where can people find those at? As always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our little show and to get our show notes. So if you want to check out that uh, Harley Quinn album on Instagram, we got the link there. We got the link for that deleted Scott Derrickson tweet. Uh, So we got all that itemized in our show notes. You can get that at SuperheroSlate.com. And you can also get our podcast at Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're out there. We'll 
we're uh, we're hosted everywhere. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. Rep us at your local comic book convention this summer with a Superhero Slate shirt. That's the best way to do it. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, reach out on Twitter or you can reach out through Instagram or you can uh, drop us a comment on YouTube. We love hearing from you. We want to know what you're thinking about the show and what you're thinking about with your tinfoil hat theories yourself. Uh, why do you... Why do you think uh, James Gunn was uh, uh, rehired on a Friday? Why do you think uh, uh, Aladdin dropped a new trailer so soon after that controversial teaser? Uh, let us know. And we love our super fans. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share this show with a friend or a buddy, and you'll be a super fan. And we will be here every week. And it looks like we're going to be here twice a week coming up here soon talking about Shazam and all these movies dropping. So make sure you're subscribed and you won't miss a thing. That's right. We're going to be here. We're going to be giving you the business every week. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I'm I'm like a I'm like a pig rolling in mud and very happy. A pig rolling yeah. in mud.